God of unchangeable power and eternal light. Look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things are made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. It's wonderful to be gathered together, even in this way of being gathered together through our live stream and the comments and likes and posts and Facebook and YouTube. And I shared this morning with you one of my favorite prayers, maybe my absolute favorite. It comes from the service that we heard on Friday night, the Good Friday service. But I think it really has an Easter spirit. Things that were cast down are being raised up. The old is made new. And all things are being brought to their perfection. Alleluia. I've got a story um, to, to throw in before my homily. Um, yesterday morning I was at Oak Mountain. Um, Sometimes I get these weird ideas that I want to do things like run um, distances against other people. And so I was doing uh, a race. Um, and that race is called, for those in the Birmingham area, it's called Statue to Statue. And because Mountain Brook and the city of Birmingham would not give a permit to run this year, they moved it to Oak Mountain. And so we're running in Oak Mountain, and about two-thirds of the way through the race, I hear this um, heavy panting and these feet kind of coming up and approaching me, and I look over, and there's this guy with a big grin. He's run up here. He's like, hey, man, how far have we run? And he's trying to start up a conversation with me, and, and um, I don't think he realizes that everybody else that's out there running is just trying to finish, but he apparently wants to have a conversation. So, um, you know, we've made it about two-thirds of the way. So, well, the exact mileage, 6.6 miles. Awesome, man. I, I figured you, you knew what was going on. I, I appreciate your confidence. Um, and then he asked me, he's like, well, have you run the old course before, the other one? I'm like, you know, I haven't run it before, but I'm really looking forward to them. And, and this is where I get myself in trouble. I'm kind of new to Birmingham. And you can see the smile and the twinkle in his eye. Oh, man, this, that's awesome. Hey, you want to join my Bible study at 7 a.m. on Wednesday mornings? And y'all probably know the first thought that is going through my mind there is no way this guy is an Episcopalian. So I kind of continue to listen, and he is telling me about um, they've been reading the Gospel of Matthew for a whole year. And then he says something. He goes, 
I met Jesus 11 years ago and it has changed everything. And I'm wishing he was an Episcopalian because he's right. His name's David. And that's the exact reason that we gather on this day. Because everything is different. Everything is different. God's love changes the way that we experience this world. About a year ago today, our world was turned upside down. 28 of us, um, at least a couple of us in this room, um, 28 of us from St. Stephen's were, were just returning home from a pilgrimage to the Holy Land in the middle of Lent. And we returned to a world that we did not recognize. A year ago yesterday, I saw a picture um, of I-75, I-85 in Atlanta. Somebody reshared that with me. And that's the interstate that has um, eight lanes each direction. And it was as empty as the tomb on Easter morning. And I think all of us that saw those images were wondering, what will tomorrow bring? What will tomorrow bring? And so what did we do? Right here in our nave, we strapped a, a cheap USB camera to a tripod, placed it about 12 feet probably from the front of the sanctuary. And I stood, I can't really move because the camera's focused on me, but I stood about four feet from where I'm standing right now. And I looked into the camera and I said, friends, don't worry. We're going to hold off on having in-person services for Easter, but don't worry. We're going to be gathered back in all of the, the beauty of Easter with flowers and stringed instruments and a choir, and we will celebrate Easter 2.0 really soon. Because we thought we knew what God was up to. And all of us were scrambling to make sense of our world, of our community. I think we were making, trying to make sense of what God was doing in our lives. But here's the thing. When you have a little bit of perspective and a little bit of distance, you can begin to notice things differently. So looking back, something was starting to happen. What happened? Person after person began turning in recordings of the readings and the prayers, people that have never read in church before, coming from people's homes or back porches or gardens. We began the ancient practice of the daily office on Facebook. Many of you began to pray for each other in the comments section. I mean, praying in a way that I don't think we have ever prayed publicly, openly, in an authentic way, and then saying amen and thanks be to God every single day 
lifting up the concerns and cares of our community. And people would like or love or that little smiley face with the, the hearts, the care emoji. And then people began to make phone calls. Our church split into 56 different groups of 10 to 12 families. Our staff began handing out dinners. People began taking communion to parishioners that were spiritually hungry. Many of you helped a parishioner turn her ministry in Avondale into something that now involves a large part of our community. We began to teach online. We had two inquires classes. We had a confirmation with 56 people. We had the most extraordinary choir videos that, you, that any church in the area has offered. People began reaching out in love and concern. More people than we have ever had involved in pastoral care began taking meals and flowers to people in time of need of sending cards and prayer bracelets. You all built COVID screens in a warming shelter in Woodlawn. Others were writing letters of encouragement to nurses and doctors at UAB West. Even this week, a few people drove all the way to Greensboro, Alabama with a U-Haul van packed full of supplies to help people after the tornado. And at the same moment that that group was going down there, there were five or six people in our conference room downstairs assembling care packages for people in, Al in, in Avondale. You know what's even crazier? I'm just scratching the surface. See, it's the paradox of while the world is turning upside down, when you look for it, there's incredible and profound hope breaking through. Embodied. Embodied by the body of Christ. Where have you seen hope in the last year? Where have you been a part of hope in the last year? See, in the midst of profound loss and change, there's something that feels oddly familiar. These ancient practices of being church are still grounding and shaping our lives. That call to love our neighbor the radical witness of loving others. It's the reminder that even in the midst of turmoil and chaos, God's love is still changing the world. And I have to believe that you are spending the most beautiful day of the year either singing here or watching on YouTube or Facebook for one of two reasons. Either you believe that this love is really breaking through and changing the world, or you are hungry to believe that truth. 
you want to believe that truth. That love is the most powerful thing in the world. That in everything that we have experienced, love is still breaking through. Love is so powerful, it could even raise a man we have come to know as Jesus from the dead. God is making all things new. God is continuing day after day to raise up life, to fill our lives with hope and spirit, to bring together heaven and earth. Listen to that prayer again. God has looked favorably on your whole church that wonderful and sacred mystery by the effectual working of your providence. Carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up. That things which had grown old are being made new. And that all things are being brought to their perfection. By him through whom all things were made your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is why we are gathered here this Easter morning. It is profound. So what do we do? What do we do with that truth? I mean, if all of that is, is real, how are we supposed to live our lives? I've been thinking a lot about about both of the Marys and Salome who we heard about in our gospel today. It's just the three of them that go to the tomb in Mark's account. Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of James. They go to, their, to greet their friend and what they learn is that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And they're, they're scared. Um, just as most of us have been scared and yet learning how to live in this hopeful way. I think maybe we identify with the Marys a little bit. And then right after this story, just two verses later, Mark lets us know that the risen Christ appears to Mary Magdalene first and that it is she that goes out and tells the news. So this hope that has drawn us together, this hope that has changed the way that we live, the way that we gather in the midst of uncertainty, is because Mary was bold enough to go out and share that truth. Yesterday, there are about 30 people in the nave, one large extended family, that was gathered for the baptism of three young children, a kindergartner, someone in 4K, and a two-year-old. Let's think about this, that, that this, this room was filled with a large family because three people 
were about to, to, well, actually, their godparents and parents, and probably to some sense those three were about to proclaim this truth that we are celebrating on this day. It's interesting because this is one of the families that I've, I've gotten to know as I've been here for three years. They've been here almost as long as I have. And they came to church because the oldest, Gigi, who is six years old and was going to preschool at the time, looked at her mom and dad and said, why aren't we going to church there on Sunday? I'm learning about God every day of the week. This is my church. Can we go there? Three years old at the time. Three years old brought an entire family to hear the good news of the risen Lord. Three years old, changing lives. We know that same truth. Just like Mary, just like Gigi, just like the running evangelical David who didn't want me to get my breath. But we know that too. It's my hope that in the crazy chaos of the world that we can learn to not only believe but live into the reality that God is making all things new and to be emboldened to share that love and gospel invitation with others too. That Jesus Christ is risen today. Alleluia, alleluia.